I'm back in my office. I had such a great time traveling up to South Carolina and speaking to a group of men from several different churches in the town. That was a great experience. Everyone there was incredibly hospitable, and you could just feel the brotherly love that the Bible encourages us to have. It was such a blessing. Another blessing from it, and I told some of the people there, is coming from California, we don't have history like in the South. We don't have history like on the East Coast, and I've never even really been farther east than Ohio. And so even just to be able to see and speak to, speak in a church that's been around since the 1800s, I'm like, wow. It was, it was amazing. It, and even just driving, you felt the history of the United States. You felt the things that you only read about in books. You saw it. You saw in your mind just what it would be like to live in that time. It was uh, it was really cool. I posted a little late yesterday, but I posted the talk I got to record. We didn't have video because I'm not fancy enough to travel with video and be able to set it up. <laughs> but I was able to put a lapel mic on and I, I recorded that. So that was yesterday's show. If you want to check it out, it was on First Samuel 14. Well, welcome to HGBT. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening to the show, for supporting us. We're part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Go over to flfnetwork.com. Put an HGBT in the memo field. You get a sweet mug like the one behind me. Tons of other benefits. You'll... Most of all, be partnering with us as we proclaim the Lordship of Jesus in every area of life. And so many of you have partnered with us. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, some of you have been with us for years. And it's just been a great blessing to all of us. We love it. Um, and if you can, make sure you get out to the South Dakota rally, the Fight, Laugh, Feast rally. It's coming up. That's going to be a good time. I wish I could get out there. But that drive is just way too long. And I'm not flying to wear masks and be harassed by anyone by the federal government. <laughs> That's quite honestly the answer. So... Uh, I will be there for Nashville for sure. You can email me, Matt, at howtobuild10.com. Find me on gab at Matt Williams. Uh, I deleted my parlor account and just don't trust them. I used to trust Dan Bongino, but he seems, uh, I don't know what's going on there. But anyway, I don't want to say anything bad. But uh, I'm off parlor, so I'm on, uh, I'm on Gab. That's where you can find me. That's where you can find my show on Gab TV. Make sure you subscribe to both of them. I saw this morning that Project Veritas released a video of the CEO, and he was, I think he was the CTO of Facebook, and he did something else as well in Silicon Valley. He really, he's, a, he's an insider of the tech world for sure. He is the CEO, Brett Taylor. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. He's a COO. He's a president and COO of Salesforce. He is basically starting to de-platform people, not people, de-platform businesses, de-platform businesses on his CRM platform. Now, Salesforce isn't a Twitter. It's not a platform where speech is spread and things like that. But Salesforce is a customer relationship management system that helps businesses keep track of their sales, keeps track of their visits, keep track of a number of things. And it's a pretty basic, all, all you can do in a package kind of CRM system. It's pretty big. I once was in San Francisco when they had their Dreamforce, which is their convention, 
and every restaurant in the financial district was completely shut down. I think I paid $1,400 that night for my hotel. That was normally a $400 a night hotel. It was insane how many people. I mean, this is a huge company. Just as big as Facebook and Twitter, in my opinion. I mean, maybe the numbers are different. But in the CRM world, they definitely are the dominating uh, company. And they decided that they are going to start, in light of the events of January 6th, to recognize a much broader range of messages and start censoring businesses. Individuals like you and me who don't have businesses don't use CRMs, but businesses do. This is opening it up to a whole new phase of this game. It's not just individuals that you cannot no longer buy and sell on these different platforms. You can't be on Twitter. You can't have certain bank accounts. You can't now use CRM, but now it's businesses they're going after. And this really opens it up to a whole new level of this war. And it's going to continue to escalate, guys. And we shouldn't be surprised with it. Nothing that the left does from here on out should surprise us. And it could be repulsive. It could be disgusting. It can be things that we want to speak out against and and communicate our outrage. And that's all great. That's all great. But we shouldn't be surprised because there's no brakes on the left train. There's nothing stopping it. It's going to continue to get worse and worse and worse until there is a confrontation and there is an ending to their ideology, to their domination, to their occupation, to the regime. It's going to keep going, and so we shouldn't be surprised. I even saw, just as I was hitting record, that a Twitter... Someone on Twitter got removed, a professor, I'm sorry, no, the university professor got suspended after tweeting against reparations for slavery that ended 156 years ago. This professor got suspended and will probably be fired because he thinks reparations is a bad idea. The whole reason we have tenure is for these things not to happen, and yet they're happening anyways. It's... Not not surprising. I've been saying this was going to happen for the longest time. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you, you've heard me say this. There's no breaks. And we're in a war. And they are here to silence us. And the reason why we have YouTube videos that get removed, the reason why our accounts get suspended, the reason why they don't want us to do business is because we are the ones who are leading. We are the ones threatening their plan, we are the ones fighting back. And the only reason some of us have not been deplatformed, that they haven't come after our businesses like these banks, like Salesforce has, like St. Joseph's University, is because they don't think you are an obstacle that needs to be dealt with. If you're still on Twitter, Twitter doesn't see you as a threat. CPAC has been banned or they've been flagged. They've been censored because they're a threat. Numerous people, Raheem Kassad from the War Room pandemic and uh, uh, I forgot what his, uh, his the National Pulse, that's his, his publication. He got suspended for another month because he's a threat. 
they don't have a limit of ammo. They don't only have the capacity to ban 100 people or 1,000 people. They can ban whoever they want. And so the only people that have not been banned are people that they have not seen as a threat yet. And when you do become one, you're going to get banned. You're going to get canceled. Salesforce isn't hurting from canceling Project Veritas. They're not hurting after trying to take a shot at people's livelihood, people who are trying to do the right thing. I don't even know where Project Veritas necessarily stands politically. I don't know if they're more Republican. I'm sure they're like libertarian. I don't even know if they're conservative. I don't even know if they're Christians or not. But they do investigative journalism, and so they got canceled. The next thing that's really shocking to me about the Salesforce story is that they're using the January 6th narrative. And I saw this too with Liz Cheney in an interview where they're, she's continuing to press on about January 6th. And we need to not forget about January 6th. And we, continue, we need to continue to fight, to prosecute, to investigate all of these things. Even senators, the FBI is investigating who have been involved with around the circumstances of January 6th. We need to have a 9-11 commission specifically about January 6th. The reason why, with all that we know about what happened January 6th, it turns out now that that officer who was laying in repose or whatever they call it in the Capitol, he was died of a stroke, his mom said, wasn't from the fire hydrant. That was the big lie that they were telling us, you know, we're always part of the big lie, uh, but they're the biggest liars of all. This is being dragged on. This has been used as a political weapon and tool January 6th. And the only reason it is being carried on still is because they see it as an opportunistic uh, event for them to punish us and to continue to attack us which makes me all the more suspicious that this was completely set up or at least was inspired by, instigated by the left and perhaps some Republicans as well. This wouldn't carry on. This wouldn't be a story even to this day. The news cycle moves too fast. The only reason they continue to bring it up, the Brett Taylors of the world, the Liz Cheney's of the world, the Democrats wanting to form investigations about it and kick people out of Congress for it. The only reason why they are doing this and continuing to do it is because they see it as a favorable weapon for themselves. And it's just way too convenient and way too perfect for them to get the discussion away from the Senate that day and debating the issues of the contested election, the contested delegates. And it's been way too opportunistic now for them to start canceling us and coming after our livelihood and our businesses. And you may be saying, I'm glad it didn't happen to me. But I'm telling you, the only people that are going to not get canceled or be attacked by the left in one way or another are the people that aren't a threat. If you are not going to fight, then you probably won't get canceled. If you're not going to say anything against the zeitgeist against the cultural narratives, against the left, against what's politically correct, you're probably not going to get canceled. If you're not going to be useful 
in the fight for freedom, if you're not going to be useful proclaiming the lordship of Jesus, if you're not going to be useful as a Christian, then you're probably not going to be banned. You're probably not going to be censored. You're probably not going to be persecuted. I mean, isn't that exactly what Jesus said? If you're my disciples, you're going to be persecuted. So what do we say if we're not been? If we're getting to a place of more and more persecution and weed totally misses us, maybe we're just not being effective. Twitter is also removing accounts that are amplifying the narrative that undermined faith in NATO. Twitter said 100 accounts with Russian ties, whatever that means, were removed for amplifying narratives that undermined faith in NATO. Now we can't even criticize NATO, especially if you have Russian ties, whatever those ties may be. <laughs> you might have retweeted something that another Russian retweeted. You have Russian ties. <laughs> They're coming after us. I'm going to take this second to say, hey, they're not a sponsor of the show, but my pillow, my pillow guy, I think you should get over there and check out some of their products. I'm going over their website right now, mypillow.com. He's fighting. He is continuing to be somebody who is targeted to be canceled. I think he's been canceled over 20 stores. Go over and pick out some products from him. If you are going to be shopping for bed sheets, mattress tops, blankets, towels, mattresses, all those things, why not support somebody who's fighting for us? Why not support someone who's a Christian who has our values? Why not? Go check them out, mypello.com. And I think if you use his uh, promo code Mike, you get like a fat discount on a bunch of stuff. So um, go check that out and support a Christian. What was it? There was one other thing that I wanted to hit. Oh, yes. There is a great gab, I was going to say tweet, but it's in a gab, that Eric Kahn posted and I reposted and I'm expecting to get some heat from it, especially if, if I was on Twitter, I definitely would get heat on it. I'm expected to get some kind of heat on it from GabTube, but he, Eric got me thinking, man, he's a, he's a great, he's a great thinker, a great brother, a great friend. He says, the noblest of men have chosen death rather than subjugation. Americans, Germanic peoples, Scotsmen, their souls cannot abide captivity. Give me liberty or death. Better to die a hero on the battlefield than, slay, than a slave in chains. And I retweeted that and I said, sometimes I wonder if the reason our culture is more excited for women to step into leadership is because they aren't as dangerous as men. I don't see women saying this. If they, they do, it's most likely figurative. This was not figurative. And we really have almost bought a lie with our language that we have to hide behind figurative language, that we can't be real, that we only have to be poetic. But when the man said, give me liberty or give me death, When he said that, Patrick Henry, when he gave that speech, he wasn't being figurative. He was being quite literal. And our country was founded by men who were literal. Yeah, I'm sure they were figurative at times. 
But when they fought for their country, when they wrote out the Declaration of Independence, when they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honors, they weren't being figurative. They weren't being worried about being canceled by a CRM system. They weren't worried about being banned for a month on Twitter. They weren't worried about losing their careers. They were risking their lives, physical, actual lives. They were risking their literal, actual fortunes. And as much as honor can be literal, I don't don't know if that could be a literal thing, (laughs) but they were risking all of it. And I almost wonder that our society on both sides, like the idea of women leadership, because they're not as dangerous as we are. When we have godly, faithful men, when we have truly passionate men, when we have men that are leaders and are going to stand for what is right and are willing to sacrifice just like Jesus did in laying down his life and literally mean it, things get dangerous. And I don't hear women leaders today in history in a lot of times being literal. But it may come to that. And I'm not saying that we need to go start a war. And I'm not saying we need to start doing violence. That's not what we should do. But there may come a time where we need to defend ourselves. And that may require violence. There's just violence. We send our military to war. To, we send our military overseas to do violence all the time. And we consider it just. Violence in and of itself is not evil. It's, it's unjust violence that is evil. And we need godly men who have wisdom on how to lead us and know when to be dangerous for the bad guys, for those who are stealing and killing and destroying just like their father, the devil. We need dangerous men to speak out against the status quo. We're going to need dangerous men when they try to come for our children, when we don't vaccinate them, when we won't hand them over in their detention centers. We're going to need dangerous men who are godly, wise, virtuous, the qualifications of an elder. We need those leaders. We need those leaders. But what we see is people like Joni Ernst. I think she's a senator, actually. Let me look this up real quick. Joni, I think she's still a senator. Is American politicians, junior senator in Iowa since 2015. Uh, state, state Senate. I think she's a senator now. I could be wrong on that. 
But she says 275,000 women left the workforce in January with many staying home to care for their kids and assist with virtual learning. We must safely reopen our schools and put our kids first and help get women back to work. This is not leadership. This is going with the status quo. This is going with the feminist agenda. We should be thankful that we have women back at the home doing the most important job in the world, taking care of our kids. The ultimate goal, and I'm not saying you can't work as a woman, but her ultimate goal is to say, open schools so women can get back to work. That is not the ultimate goal of a mother. The ultimate goal of a mother is to raise her kids and manage her household. And I'm not saying that in any belittling way whatsoever, but we live in a feminist culture. We live in a society that has indoctrinated us and discipled us to think that, oh, that's abusive. Ooh, that's radical. No, that's exactly what God intended. We're the radical ones rebelling against Christ. We're the ones. There's no more important job in the world than to be discipling our kids for Christ. And to say, oh, let's just get them back in public schools where they become socialists and our women are going to serve another man in a corporation and not her husband and her kids. That's radical. And that's what's been eating away and destroying our culture. And we need dangerous men to fight against this, to speak out against this. Our society has crumbled. It's not even crumbling anymore. It's crumbled. Shootings are up. Violence is up. We have a puppet regime in the presidency, in the White House. We have people sold out to China in our government, in our Senate. We have a military that won't defend us against attacks foreign and domestic. They're only doing the bidding of the military industrial complex. As long as they keep buying those weapons... It's not working. And these are the things that we have to attack if we ever expect to get them working again. What did things look like when America was working? It was working at one time. There was a reason we became the greatest country in the world. There was a reason so many of us were lifted out of poverty. And there's a reason we are where we are today. And it's because we're excited when we have both parents out of the home working for a fraction of what they're worth to a big corporation because all the small businesses went out of business and we're sending our kids to Caesar to become Romans. Socialist, communist Romans. We need dangerous, faithful, godly men to turn the tide in our homes and our churches and in our government it's good to be back i'll talk to you tomorrow